You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. On this episode, we talk about how to identify deer sign. We dive deep into the indicators that deer leave behind to let you know that they've been there. Deer trails, hoof prints, deer poop, deer beds, what they eat, and social signs like rubs and scrapes are topic of discussion on this week's episode. As you will learn, being observant is very important when it comes to deer hunting. The more you absorb, the greater your chances for success. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode number five. And today we're going to to talk about reading deer sign. Uh, And this is kind of an important topic when it talks about, when we start talking about where deer live and how to know if there are deer on the landscape that you're hunting. Um, And and what that is going to do, it's going to give you um, better odds to put yourself in the right position to try to try to hunt and and kill a deer. And um, deer leave behind a a series of indicators, right? We can uh, even just them walking through dirt or mud, they'll they'll leave a a print and that print will say, hey, the deer's been here at some point in time. But let's talk about um, some of the main, uh, if I, if I walk into the woods and I, I'm new to hunting, Matt, how do I know a deer has been in these woods? That's a, that's a high level question, but it's important for an, a new hunter to, to know this. Uh, so I, the way I think about it is deer are going to leave sign in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, they need to eat. So you could look for evidence of that. Um, they're going to leave evidence behind that they've been there like you said a track or or maybe uh they've they've gone to the bathroom there you can look for that and they're also social animals they're super social um they don't talk to each other but they leave sign from 
trying to communicate between each other. Um, so those are kind of like the main boxes that I look for. Um, and that'll vary throughout the year. Um, uh, we've talked about food sources changing and what they eat. They eat every day. Each deer eats about a ton, literally 2000 pounds of food over the year. Uh, as time smaller deer eat less, bigger deer eat more. But that's one of the major things I would look for is, is signs of eating because they're eating. It doesn't matter what time of year, every day they're eating. Um, then when it comes to some of the social sign that does kind of peak and valley throughout the year. So it, depending on what month I'm standing in the woods, whether or not I'm looking for that sign. But the good news is there's always evidence of that that lasts a long time. So you can even look from a previous breeding season whether or not they're they're leaving some of that sign and the density of it and and how much of it is there will tell you kind of the, what the population looked like the previous year. Okay, so what you've just told me, I'm the new hunter in this scenario, is that deer poop and prints are going to be the biggest indicator for a majority of the year that a deer has been in the area. And and the vegetation, bites in the vegetation, looking for evidence that they've actually been eating it. Eating it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So those are the easy ones, right? Can you determine the sex, if, if it's a male, a buck, or a doe, by the the poop or the 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 look or size of a, of a deer print no no you can't i mean they're generally bucks are bigger than does but no you can't i mean whether you're looking at it uh depending on the time of the year it's just a deer okay so you you have a gut a good gut feeling on deer density or like how many deer are living there based on the volume of that kind of sign but you can't tell the composition of the herd you can't tell well there's you know, so many percentage of it is bucks or that one track is from a buck. No sign. Okay. A lot of us like to think we can. Though. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, Hank, talk to us about deer trails because over time, uh, a, a herd of deer live in an area and through repetition, they walk the same way through the terrain over and over and over again, and they leave a trail. How important is it to identify these trails? I think it's very important. Uh, you know, as you get more experience afield, you're going to, you know, grow your eye for, for seeing these trails in the woods. But in, in heavily trafficked areas, they're obvious. They look like walking trails. Um, but, you know, deer are fairly routine. They obviously aren't always on those trails every time you, you sit over one. Um, but, you know, I think you increase your chances by identifying these deer trails and setting up near them and, yeah. and learning how deer move across the property that you're hunting. Yeah. And just to elaborate on that, one thing we, we talk about observation, you know, and learning about deer through observation. And I think one thing that I, I personally like to do is look for these deer trails and look for trends on how a deer trail is on a specific hill in relationship to another hill and i think knowing that will allow you to identify deer trails easier when you walk into a new area that you've potentially never been to before and a deer trail will be in that same location mm -hmm. and then you go into another hill or uh, another terrain feature and they'll be be there and you can just walk in and go okay well the last time i was in a scenario like this the trail was here 
And sure enough, there's a deer trail. And that allows you to say deer at some point walk through this, this area. I think a key thing with all of these things that are kind of like annually ubiquitous, like deer doing this all year is the freshness of it. Yes. You know, so how, how recent were the tracks left? And, you know, just through some kind of uh, trial and error, or even just thinking through what the weather patterns were like, um, you can tell like how, how fresh a track is, how crisp it is versus if it looks like it's weathered and it's been there a while. Same thing with poop, you know, if it's super fresh versus it's been there a while. And, uh, even with vegetation, like whether or not stuff has been eaten, you can tell whether or not that has been done by a deer, by another animal, how recent it was. So the freshness of the sign, um, is something I do key in on because it looks like, wow, there's a lot of it and it's recent. That tells me it might be a good place to be. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So throughout the course of a year, especially leading up to the breeding season, Matt, uh, both female does and male bucks start to leave more sign aside from poop, vegetate, eating vegetation and, and tracks. Talk to us a little bit about rubs and scrapes. Sure. Going back to that social sign that we're talking about, this is called signpost behavior because they're leaving sign in a location for other deer uh, to, to come back and, and look at and smell. And I, it's an identifier to that individual. It's not like deer have business cards. They don't, they don't have a driver's license. So they, they have a scent. Each one has their own scent profile and deer have a series of glands on their body that produce scent. Um, and they use their, um, their pee and their poop to leave scent. So they're, they're depositing scent in these locations to tell other deer I've been around. Deer are not territorial. Some people think that this sign means that they're marking their boundaries of where they live. And that's not the case. Their, their home ranges where they live overlap. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sharing there, but they're, they're saying, especially during the time when it's getting close to breeding, um, they're telling other animals, other deer, Hey, I'm around. Here's the status that I am, whether they're a dominant individual or subordinate individual, they can read that or smell it. And, uh, um, especially for receptivity in terms of whether they're ready to breed or not, um, they can read that too. So a lot of it is based on breeding. So they're, they're leaving that. And the two main categories that, that you just mentioned, Dan, are rubs and scrapes. And so what they are, are, um, rubs are on trees or shrubs, woody, woody standing vegetation where a buck will rub his antlers on the tree, exposing the bark or removing bark and exposing the inside of the, the, uh, cambium of that plant, um, to it's a visual cue, um, because you can see it. We, we can walk around and we see it, but what they're really doing is they're depositing their scent there as well. So it's a, it's a, both, both smell and visual cue for other deer. And the way they're depositing their scent there is they have um, a gland on their forehead. It's kind of a, an area where it gets waxy, their hair gets wacky, waxy. And as they rub it with their antlers, they are also rubbing their forehead there as well um, to deposit scent. They will um, often, um, they also have a, a gland around their eye. Um, they might deposit that there, but that's, that's what's happening on a rub. Uh, does will come and smell that other bucks will come and smell it. Um, but that is that buck leaving his sign. Does don't make rubs cause they don't have antlers, but that's, that's what's happening there. 
The scrape is where a deer, and actually bucks and doe make scrapes, um, way more bucks do than, than uh, does do, but where they will find a location. Sometimes these are right near rubs, uh, but they will paw the ground with their, with their front hoof and expose the, the dirt. Um, so they basically get a, a patch of open earth started, and they will urinate right in the dirt there, um, and will work the ground so the smell uh, gets kind of rank. And uh, often, not, not every scrape has this, but often there's a branch that we we'll call like a licking branch or overhanging branch that's three and a half, four feet hanging over that location. They choose that particularly because what they'll do is the whole scrape process is exposing that earth, urinating. They actually urinate uh, down their back legs. Um, across another gland called the tarsal gland, and that gland has scent in it. And again, that urine is then carrying that scent into the scrape. And then they will use the licking or overhanging branch to deposit scent as well from their forehead and that gland near their eye. And they might bite it or bite the branch and they leave scent from their saliva as well. So there's multiple things happening at a scrape where deer are leaving visual and scent cues for other deer. Yeah. So scrapes and rubs, I mean, it's, they're both visual are from, from your guys' experience. I mean, if, if a new person walks into the woods, are these, are these scrapes and rubs easily identifiable? I mean, are they big? Are they small? Like how, how easy is it for someone to go in and say, look, that's a rub and that's a scrape. Um, I think so because I've been hunting a while, but they can be small. I mean, you can you can find place, places where one inch, uh, you know, saplings have been rubbed. Um, if it ages, like if it as time passed and it is the previous, if it's done the previous year, that will brown out and it's a little bit harder to see. Um, but that that takes a trained eye. Um, but generally, I think it is pretty easy to see them. Um, particularly during the season, sometimes you can even smell them. Yeah. 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 When, when they're actively doing it and you know what you're looking for, they're easily identifiable and, and stand out and you kind of will learn, you know, the trails or, 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 you know, the directions that these things kind of show up in and where, uh, the deer making them but in relationship to the deer trails that we've already talked about yeah yeah and maybe it's important and and we'll get to it later but a a lot of that that scraping activity is at night it is yeah yeah Um, like 85 percent of that's happening at night um you know there's statistics in terms of how often deer are doing it um and and how much an individual deer will actually leave some of that time but generally the more uh, rubs and scrapes you see there's probably more bucks around than in places that don't have it um, but I would look for the places that you're seeing that general deer sign that we talked about earlier, trails, uh, tracks, poop, eating. You'll find during the fall in those places where deer frequent more often is where you find that sign. They typically will um, use places where different, I'll use a term habitat, where basically, you know, forest and field meet or uh, a wetland or a pond meets forest, they use those those uh, delineations where those habitat types or those vegetation types meet as places to leave sign. So if I'm looking at a map and trying to say, where do I go to look for this stuff? 
that's a place I would look. Those those lines that, that we call mark. that edge. Yeah, the, the term we use, uh, you know, in, in hunting strategy is edge. Yeah, uh, and where two different uh, vegetations meet, or two different terrain features meet, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. Correct. Um, okay, so we we've talked about the the rubs and the scrapes. Are there times of year? Uh, I think you kind of mentioned it, uh, so I'll just say it. Leading up to the breeding season is when we start to see a higher volume uh, and more activity with these rubs and scrapes. Yep. Uh, so yes, there is actually the rubs will peak prior to the peak of the breeding season. So let's say where I'm from, the peak of the breeding or rut is in early to mid November, um, about two to three weeks earlier than that is when you'll see a peak in rubbing activity. Mm-hmm. And then once that starts dying off, um, there's a period of time there. So the scraping activity usually occurs just at the peak or just, just after the peak of the breeding season. Um, that's when they're doing the scraping. So you can almost time them, uh, one, two punch where you see rubs happening, 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 and then they kind of like die off. You can, no matter where you live, you can almost bet on the fact that within a two week time period, you'll see scrapes start to ramp up. And when scraping activity ramps up, even though the majority is happening at night, that's when the peak of breeding is happening. That's when the peak rut is occurring. Right. So you add what you just said into what we talked about in the last episode, which is when to hunt. If now see what we're doing here is we're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together to to put you in the best possible position to shoot a deer. And that is in the morning or in the afternoon around areas that have a lot of deer sign. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now we're just, we're stacking these odds up for, for you and, and giving you the information you need to put yourself in the best position. So with, with that said, then uh, just, just kind of a fun fact, um, other than leaving their scent behind their, their quote unquote calling card of, Hey, I'm in the area. What else are bucks doing uh, as far as why are they rubbing? Uh, for the majority, they're just leaving their sign. Yeah. I mean, they're leaving their scent. They're telling, they're telling other deer um, that I'm around. Yeah. I mean, some people think, uh, and this may be what you're getting at is they're trying to get velvet off their antlers or they're trying to prepare for fighting. Um, and that there's probably a little truth to that, but honestly, a lot of it is, is scent and visual, uh, communication. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Um, they don't, they don't need to strengthen themselves up. They actually will increase, uh, musculature and, and their body from a lot of, a lot of other things. Okay. They, they're kind of priming themselves actually for the, because their testosterone is rising, not to get into all that science, but as the fall starts to, uh, lead to the breeding season, they, they start pumping more testosterone into their yeah. body. And so that alone is getting them primed and just tangling with a, a, a branch or a leaving sign in a scrape is just they're they're kind of working themselves up and and getting excited for the breeding season. Yeah. And it can be a great place to put a trail camera at that time of year to yes. really, you know, identify the bucks on your property. It's a really exciting spot to put a trail camera. Yeah. And, and just to elaborate that, you know, there's all these different tools and we're going to get into scouting in the next episode, but a trail camera is an awesome 
way to know if deer are uh, in an area and a trail camera in its most basic form is something that takes pictures when a deer walks by. And we'll, we'll talk about that next. But when it comes to more, more deer sign, they, they leave some other things other than, um, uh, you know, we've talked about poop. We've talked about rubs and scrapes and tracks. Let's talk about beds, right? And in, in some places uh, where a deer lays for most of the, the time, just like if a, a couch is on the carpet and you move that couch, there is a, a, a print of where that couch is set for all those you know, all those weeks or months or even years deer do the same thing with where they bed. Um, and it's it's certain places, uh, in the country, they can go back to a bed every single day. And some places they may visit a a bed once every couple days or once every week, but there's still a, a, a print there. Hank, from your experience, what does a deer bed look like? A divot in the ground, just like you're talking about. Um, you know, it, depending on terrain and stuff, they could be harder to find, yeah. you know, depending on, on, on where the deer are living. Um, I can't say I'm the most expert at, at finding deer beds all the time. But, again, like what we spoke about earlier is, is you're looking at this transition from bedding, you know, using that trail to food and, and vice versa, the opposite of that. So identifying where deer bed is, is really important, and, and it's a good opportunity to really key in on where deer are going to be coming from or going depending on time of day. Um, but you know, Matt's probably more of the expert on this, but I've often found on the deer beds and I'm finding structure is an important part of it. They're kind of keen in on an area where they feel safe, that they feel protected possibly from one side, a lot of beds up against down trees and things where they, they kind of can face a direction and, 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 be prepared for a predator or something coming from that direction, not as much worrying about the other direction or stuff. But it, in this part of the world, um, I think structure and, and where they are located on terrain features and obviously in their location, the food sources, is you, you can kind of determine and then yeah. start to figure out where they bed. But uh, structure and thickness and all that kind of stuff is, is important. Well, like we talked about in the when to hunt episode, um, that does based on that visual cover or structure as Hank's mentioning. And it also has to do with whether or not people are pressuring deer out of there. So you can find open woodlots where it is fairly open in there and just see a little depression in the, in the leaves on the ground. And Mm -hmm. that, that could be a deer bed. Um, another thought here is if you have the ability to do that, you can also influence where deer bed. Um, but you don't need to do that. But if you want to make it more predictable, just through some management activities, uh, and I say management, but just a, a little bit of work in the woods with your sweat equity, you can you can influence deer to bed someplace to make it more predictable. It's not going to be a guarantee, yeah. but that's something to think about. Yeah, and even on kind of a, a next level uh, reading deer sign, if if you feel like you've identified a place where a deer is bedding down, is laying down, you can get on your hands and knees. And look for white hairs. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom of a, a deer's uh, a, a deer's belly is white, and that's uh, deer hair is another indicator. That's that's more of an expert level, I'd say, as far as talking about rubs and scrapes and tracks and all that stuff. A deer bed would be a little bit more difficult to find, but once you think you found one, you can get down in it and look for deer hair, and yeah. that's another indicator of, of deer being there. 
And um, the the next thing, and I, and I think this is really all the, the last thing that we're going to talk about is at the end of every rut or breeding season, uh, Matt, you talked about how the testosterone comes up for the breeding season and then starts to go back down uh, and their antlers fall off, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let's talk about shed antlers for a second. Why why they fall off and where we can find them at. They're, they're uh, a real interesting thing that has uh, captured the attention of more than just hunters is that this antler growth cycle that they do uh, shed them for whitetails. They shed them and regrow a new set. It typically is that testosterone drops at the end after the breeding season. Um, their antlers will drop off at that time and they're bone. They're in essence, a, a piece of bone. They, they may be in the, uh, woods for a long time and last for years. They may not be other animals will use them. They're rodents, chipmunks, squirrels that will actually chew them. Um, but typically I look for places to find shed antlers where deer will be at the time of the year when they fall off. And they're usually looking for reprieve from colder temperatures. So places that, will be either better sunlight in the in that time of year like south facing slopes or if they need to get out of the snow if you're in a place where snow is coniferous cover like where pine trees or or uh those type of needle bearing trees are they'll bed up underneath those because their the snow load will be up in the canopy so just learning again some of these other things about deer sign where the trails are the tracks the the deer poop what they're eating may lead you to find a shed antler when and, when do deer shed their antlers as far as time of year is concerned it's going to vary depending on the the state but basically uh they'll drop off around uh late february uh sometimes it's earlier the health and age of the deer will influence whether or not they they fall off sometimes it could be as late as um, or as early as january time frame um could, could go as late as March. In fact, uh, even later than that, some deer will hold antlers until their next set are about to start growing. But yeah. it's generally after the holidays, uh, you know, in that, in that kind of end of winter period when they fall off. Okay. And, uh, and, and that would be where, where do you typically find a shed antler? Well, again, it may be where they're feeding. It's where they're going to live at that time of yeah. year. Or maybe where they're bedding. Um, but I use the other signs to tell me. Uh, you know, d- looking for shed antlers is fun. There's a couple of reasons why you might want to do it. It's good exercise. It tells you whether or not, um, there are deer of certain size or age that are living that made it through the season. If their antlers fall off, that means they likely did not get shot. Um, and so that they may be a deer that's available for harvest next year. If they survive that summer, um, sometimes you can get a little bit of a feel of kind of the composition. Are you finding lots of big antlers? If you are, there's probably a lot of older bucks running around. If you're finding very few antlers, maybe there's not a lot of bucks running around, but it's not an easy task. As we all know, if we've gone looking for shed antlers, I don't put as much stock in looking for sheds, um, as I would some of these other deer sign, but it is a fun activity to pursue. Yeah. And you can do it with kids. That true. And, um, you know, this is a great time of year. You know, you're yeah. talking about before the spring green up, you can really see last year's deer sign. Yes, you can really absolutely. see those trails. There's not a bunch of leaves on the woods, so you can see a long way. But I, I contend that you will learn more about hunting next fall by looking in that late winter when it's yep. out of deer season, but all that sign is still there. The woods are still open. The, mo- yep. the motivation to go find a shed antler or two 
will lead into our next episode, which is the scouting yep. and when to go scouting. That does offer a lot of advice on, especially if you're trying to hunt certain places on, on a property that you have access to, or it's just more convenient to hunt certain places because of your schedule. That time of year, you can walk around more freely uh, if you have the time and cover more ground and learn things about how the deer use the property, as Hank said. Yeah. And I'll just elaborate on, you know, locating deer sign. Uh, you mentioned in the late winter months when there's no leaves on any of the vegetation, when there's snow on the ground, you, you know exactly where the deer are at. It is so easy to find a deer trail. It is so easy to see maybe um, a, a scrape or a rub from the, pre- maybe not a scrape, but a rub from the previous deer season. And again, looking for trends in that, where that deer trail is compared to where another tra- uh, uh, trail is. So, um, and that all leads us into the next episode that we're going to be talking about next time. And that's scouting. Uh, how to find deer and put yourself in the best position. So uh, do you guys have anything to say on this before we close your down? The the one thing I would add is uh, I would look for uh, where, when you go out in the field to look for deer sign, let your eyes lead you where, uh, where you think you want to walk because deer are much like us. They're going to travel the same places that we do. They don't want to walk through a lot of thick stuff. They do bed in those areas, but when they're traveling... Path of least resistance. Exactly. So if you look uh, you know, across the, the horizon and you're like, well, that looks like the easiest place to walk, I would imagine a deer did the same thing. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more information and utilize additional resources, visit DeerAssociation.com slash Hunting 101. There you will find links to the YouTube series, Guide to Successful Deer Hunting ebook, new hunter sign-up sheets, and Deer Hunting 101 courses. Additionally, you can listen to more outdoor-themed podcasts at sportsmansnation.com, on iTunes, or anywhere you download your podcasts.